This is the Parent Life Podcast, and I'm Jason Stanland. Today we're going to be asking the question, what does a post-pandemic kid look like? Now, this is something that is still evolving, but this is a question that many parents, educators, and community leaders are considering. What does it mean to have a post-pandemic kid? What sort of challenges will our kids be facing as they come through this pandemic? And what will they forever be shaped by because of the pandemic? I'm going to try and at least address this question. By no means is this going to be comprehensive, but this at least gives us a starting point to begin to see what are some of the beginnings of these results. So here we go. Let's jump in. According to a report from December 21st, 2021, over 140,000 children in the United States have lost a primary caregiver due to COVID. This could qualify as either a parent or a grandparent who was serving as the primary caregiver guardian for the child. Furthermore, the pandemic economy has affected families in a profound ways. Many caregivers losing jobs or having to change careers due to layoffs, or if they have to change a career, they may have to move to another area, another part even of our country, not knowing what will be consistent or what will be the future of their family. So there's been a lot of inconsistency, a lot of change from sometimes month to month or week to week for kids during the pandemic. Research is just now coming out that there will be long-term related issues with children who lived through the pandemic. For example, the total number number of children entering the foster care system fell about 4.5% from 2019 to 2020. Now, don't get overly excited about the fact that the number fell because it's actually not the best thing at this particular situation. So this is largely due to the stay-at-home orders and lockdowns that many states experienced. So at-risk children had less opportunities to be seen by others outside of the home in the community. And as a result, um, the child abuse hotlines and investigations dropped as well. Now, there have been there has been anecdotal um, stories, evidences that these Numbers are now rising back as kids are going back to school more, being seen in the community more. Um, So this is not saying that less children needed the foster care system, probably the same amount. And now there's also some evidence and stories that are coming out that it may actually be more children are going to need the foster care system because of some of the issues um, related to the lockdown. But the foster care was unable to help the at-risk children because of at-home orders and things like that. So, further long-term issues for children raised during the pandemic will be studied for decades to come. There will be heightened awareness of sickness and disease. Just consider what kind of concepts these children are going to be facing as they get older. What will mask mandates have done to them and their perspectives on uh, sick people or when to be around sick people. Uh, I'm ex- I'm expecting an uptick in uh, anxieties towards hospitals and doctors because of the pandemic. Um, so here's something. Developmental theoreticians are asking questions about infants learning to speak and develop their language skills based on people wearing masks. So the social distancing measures 
have been directly tied to educational development in children, causing a, they called it this, a 23% slump, meaning that 23% of kids are seeing a developmental regression because of the pandemic. And it's because children don't see faces. Not seeing faces has been directly connected to depression or discouragement in children in their schools, in their school situations. So these issues are going to be uh, something that this generation is going to be studied over. There's going to be more consideration for this uh, generation. And we're going to see an uptick in coping mechanisms coming out from different um, psychologists and developmental theoreticians on how children should be handling these issues. So be looking for that in the future. So to me, when I consider this, this is very similar to my grandparents' generation, but in a different context. Sometimes whenever I'm needing to make sense of something, if I use a technique called reframing, I can kind of put things in order. So the the purpose of reframing is if you get stuck in a particular subject, you find another subject that if you put it in your scenario, your situation, that it's an easier solution to be found. That then can f- help you find a pattern to find a solution in the actual topic that you need to address. So let's go back to my grandparents. My grandparents uh, were children of the Depression. Uh, two of them served in uh, World War II. They grew up with very little. Um, the 50s and 60s were times of great economic flourish for many Americans, but the 30s and the beginning of the 40s were not. Um my family actually has an entire group of recipes called depression food that my grandparents ate and learned to make when they had very little to nothing. It was very simple household ingredients, um, often whatever they could find or make very inexpensively or already had on hand. And um, they they would make food out of this for families. Um, my parents, my parents' generation, even the boomers, did not experience this kind of need at all. And really, no generation since the Depression has experienced this kind of need. So as a result, my parents were very frugal. Um, They often had the same clothes and furniture even. They had the same furniture for like decades. Um, If something was working, there was no need to replace it. If it's not broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. Uh, Everything was very efficient Nothing had a lot of extra bells and whistles or was overly luxurious because that was expensive. Um, They also had this compulsion to save. Um, The colloquial phrase is saving money for a rainy day. The reason they saved money was not because it was just simply a good strategy, but because it was the fear of the rainy days might come because the um, stock market crash, the economic crash that happened put fear in their lives that the things that they had depended on were not dependable. So this became embedded in them at a young uh, age that they learned to live without what now many Americans consider as a given. So let's put it back. So now that we've reframed it back to my grandparents and the depression, let's put it back now to the pandemic. (music) 
What concerns should we as adults, as parents, look for in our children? Because there will be long-term, maybe even subconscious um, effects that have come directly caused, they have a direct causality to the pandemic. Uh, For example, what kind of um, concerns will these children have as adults? Will they be constantly worried about another pandemic? Will they be skeptical of medicine in the future? Will they be very pro-vax about all vaccines? Or will they pull back and say no vaccines because of the impetus that's been placed upon one singular vaccine or singular type of vaccines? All of these concerns are going to affect our children and our families in some sort of way. So my goal is to give you a three-step approach to helping your children navigate through these concerns. Now, doesn't mean that you're going to solve these concerns. It uh, doesn't mean that you're going to even make these concerns, quote-unquote, go away. These may be things that your children have to deal with for the rest of their life and that their children, your grandchildren, will not have to deal with. So let's go through them. Number one, be aware. Uh, First, I encourage parents simply to be aware that these concerns are there, the realities are there for your children, that they're going to go through it. However, I would encourage you to understand it. Okay, Every child will respond to this season of life differently, and parents need to be quick to listen for indicators for how your child is responding to this season of life. Do not assume that your children will all have the same concerns or that your children will have the same concerns as their friends, or even within the same family, your children will not all have the same concerns. So different children will respond differently. Therefore, a parent needs to be a good listener. You need to give space to your children to talk to them and to hear them. Um, Now, how can you do this? Obviously, if your kid starts a conversation about one of these concerns, that's your first cue just to you know shut up and listen. Okay, Because if your kid comes to you starting a conversation about one of these topics, that's actually going to be kind of rare. For the most part, you're going to have to initiate and instigate these conversations. But if they come to you and they want to talk, that is a great cue for you as a parent just to sit and listen. So parents need to practice active listening meaning that you're taking mental notes, um, you're listening to them completely in their full thoughts rather than trying to formulate a response or perhaps even a counter-argument towards your child. Um, The other thing is a child may take a few minutes to actually get to the topic that he, she really wants to talk about. Um, For what I have found with students is they tend to bring up a safe topic first. Um, That's like a surface-level topic so that if they chicken out or if they don't want to talk about the real topic, they can. They can. They, they have an easy escape hatch built in because it's a surface-level, thinner-type topic. However, what they really want to do is get down to the deeper, more vulnerable conversations. This means, parents, that you need to develop a habit of listening to your kids. Um, they need to know that you're accessible for these kind of conversations. So then help the child be aware of any tendencies, okay? So with with being aware, help them be aware of themselves, along with being aware of yourself. 
you're going to naturally want to respond a particular way just based upon your bent, based upon your personality, based upon your personality's chemistry with your child's personality and their chemistry. So be aware of your tendencies in responding and be aware of their tendencies and their traits. Um, So, uh, for example, the mask mandates created a culture where people could openly shame people not wearing masks and it was okay. There's still this culture out there. Um, People are afraid even to go to certain stores because they're afraid that they will be openly shamed in public because they do not have a mask on or something like that. Um, You can argue about whether it's right or wrong, but honestly that's irrelevant because it exists and it's prevalent in our culture. So this is going to create a fear in some children about being openly shamed. Um, which we all kind of have that fear, so that's nothing new, but it has been exacerbated because of uh, the pandemic and, truthfully, the the pushing of all people back to social media so much because they were not able to get out and interact in a normal way. So people were on social media more and speaking more on social media, and studies have shown that if you're on social media um, communicating more often, you're actually more likely to communicate more harshly on social media because you feel less less pushback. So that's number one, be aware. Number two, be empathetic. Another key element for parents is to be empathetic towards their children, okay? This does not mean that you fully understand your child's emotions. Um, you can have similar emotions. You can have a similar emotion about something else, but you may not fully understand their emotions. But do not be quick to... Um, discredit their emotions. Like they come up and they start talking about how they feel, okay? Validate their feelings. Their feelings are real. They can't even sometimes control their feelings. Now, the reasons for their feelings may not be accurate. It may not be based in reality. They may be in their little, you know, in their own head just thinking these things up in their own little world. But as a parent, we have to be, um, we have to be empathetic and willing to actually hear our children's emotions, But you can have similar emotions. Uh, So, for example, a millennial is actually much more likely to be concerned about safety um, and security. Why? Because uh, 9-11, because September 11 happened. And at that point, millennials began to be much more concerned about security than the previous generations did. There are still many millennials that struggle with the concept of international travel because of some of the events uh, pertaining to September 11th. So, seek to understand before you communicate. Seek to understand before you discipline. Uh, For younger children uh, who cannot express their feelings well, they're going to choose to act out because they do not have good quality verbiage to describe their feelings. By the way, that's also true of middle school and high school boys. They have the emotions, but they don't know how to communicate their emotions. We live in a culture that does not allow uh, young men to develop a a verbiage, a uh, vocabulary for communicating their feelings. So seek to understand them and then help them express their communications well. Now, let me just go ahead and stop right there. Um, just because I'm telling you to, to, to listen doesn't mean you can't discipline, okay? So so just keep that in mind. So um, they, if it's a little child, they may have some sort of outburst of anger because they're angry. Anxious. You may have bathroom issues, like even the after potty training phase is done. 
Um, tantrums can be like an extreme expression of anxiety or frustration. Okay, again, none of those actions are acceptable behavior in your children um, because you want them to grow to be um, humble, meek adults one day. But if you're empathetic and you seek to understand where they're coming from, you are more likely to parent out of love than to parent out of anger. You're more likely to not parent them harshly because you're coming from a place of empathy. Okay, so you still have to give them consequences for poor behavior, but with understanding can also lead to the development of coping skills for that child because they know that their parent has heard them. Number three, be hopeful. The pandemic and lockdowns cannot last forever. And the anxieties attached to it cannot last forever. Now, sometimes the results and the anxieties that were created or started in the pandemic can go with a person for the rest of their life, but it doesn't have to be a forever type thing. Uh, There will be a return to normal life, albeit maybe a different normal. Um, The pandemic will have fundamentally changed the American culture, but people cannot stay in crisis mode forever. Therefore, you, as a much more mature adult, need to be positive, need to express hope in the future, hope in Christ for the future. Because when you communicate hope in Christ for the future, you communicate um, an assurance to children. And the way I always compare this is when you're flying on a plane and you feel a little bit of turbulence, and maybe the people in the seats, they start you know, getting a little anxious or something like that. They maybe get a little worried but if the flight attendants are still walking up and down the aisle, obviously it's, they're, they're not concerned. If you see the flight attendants start freaking out and running around and they're trying to buckle in, then you should start being concerned. In the same way, your kids are going to amplify your emotions. So if you're living out in a hopeful, positive manner to them, uh, they're going to amplify that. If you live in a negative um condescending, frustrated, anxious lifestyle, your kids will amplify that as well. So number three, be hopeful. Thank you for listening to the Parent Life Podcast today. If you have any questions about me or my ministry, you can go to jasonstanlin.com for more information about Fruit Cove Baptist Church here in Jacksonville, Florida, and her ministries, please go to fruitcove.com. The links are in the bio, in the descriptions, and if you would love to interact with us here at the Parent Life Podcast. You can send us an email to parentlife at fruitcove.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And may you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Colossians 1.9.